Happy Halloween! You're listening to Reality Blows, and I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. I'm Nick Maritato. This is a podcast all about reality television. Yes, it is, Ash. And this week, it's also a blownus episode. Blownus. Blownus episode. Blownus. Um, welcome to a blownus episode of Reality Blows. That's uh, right. As we said on Monday that uh, we'd be putting out an extra episode on Halloween. Um, and there's only reason that we're doing this is because we did not have enough time to talk about <laughs> the show that we actually binged for Monday's show. We watched a whole season of a show. And if you watch a whole season of a show that's specific to a holiday, you better release the pod before yeah. the holiday's over, y'all. Yeah. I'm actually caught in a whole season of a show right now, come to think of it. So yeah. I, I guess we have some fodder for mo- next Monday's yeah. show. But, Don't uh, talk about that right now. I'm sick of well, you talking about maybe that. Maybe I'll just, I'm going to talk about it a little bit next week. So. So maybe if you guys want to listen to it, um, I know it's sweeping the reality nation right now, but I am very hooked on 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. I know everybody's watching it. He's obsessed. Well, what I did is I just went on Hulu and they do have one season on Hulu and I have Hulu without commercials, y'all. So it's very easy to get caught in a show. Uh, That's how 60 Days In happened. (laughs) The problem is there isn't any other seasons up there. So I'm going to have to watch the next seasons and that means I'm going to have to use the TLC app and that means I'm going to have to watch the three same commercials over and over and over again. So if you guys want to uh, hear a little bit about, well, you're definitely going to hear a little bit about my experience because I will be done with the season by the next episode. Go check out 60, uh, not 60 Days In. Go (laughs) go watch that. It's the greatest reality show of all time. Um, But go check out um, um, 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Got to make sure it's before the 90 days. There is a season up on Hulu, and if you have TLC, you can watch the first season. Watch that first season. I'm going to be talking about it on Monday. Yeah, I have a lot of things to say as a bystander. As a person in a relationship with someone who's obsessed with the show, I have a lot of things to say. But I wanted to make a comment about 60 Days In. Sure. So Nick and I, we have, uh, the podcast has like a Reddit account, and we occasionally post on Reddit, usually for challenge stuff. But every once in a while, we get into like a specific show's subreddit, and we get really interested in that and um, Nick is pretty hands off the reddit he's not interested in it at all but he when he did 60 days in he got into the uh, subreddit of 60 days in and he posted a comment on that subreddit and it is like the comment that keeps on giving that was like a year ago and we still get people responding to that like every couple of months yeah I'm not even too sure exactly what the comment was I guess I guess it's just um I I had just about how you felt locked up well (laughs) I I had just finished all six seasons. I don't even remember how many seasons, maybe four seasons. I don't know. But um, I finished them in in like a week and a half. Yeah. It's all I did for a week and a half. I mean, you guys know about it. I talked about it for like two and a half episodes. (laughs) Now this makes three and a half. Um, So then I went on Reddit because, you know, the show has been over for a while. So who else to turn to if if not Reddit? And I went on the the message board or the Reddit board and I just wrote, um, hey, just finished uh, all seasons of 60 Days In. I feel as though I have been released from jail. Like I feel like I was in jail the entire time, and now I just got. It's tough. It's it's interesting. I think I mentioned something about walking out of my apartment for the first time. I'm trying to make sure nobody shanks me, and this, that, and the other thing. Oh yeah, I think I, I think I mentioned about how I spent. Um, 
uh, my entire uh, week binging the show, looking at my cat because she was the pod boss, <laughs> which is terminology, jail terminology. But you know what, Lily is the pod boss, and she bosses Nick around because yeah. she bites his feet. She ste- <laughs> she steals my honey buns anyway. But uh, yes, and uh, it does seem like that struck a chord with some people on that Reddit because. You really do get up. I mean, as television does, it makes you, it takes you away to a different place. And usually that's a place of wonder. That's a place of um, fantasy. That's a, that's a place of joy. This show made you feel like you were locked up in jail. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Which you love. You love feelings of um, hopelessness and trapped. I do. I do sort of gravitate towards um, darkness. Dark shit. Yeah. I like dark shit. I like light shit sometimes. We're watching. Friday Night Lights, you love this fucking show. There's nothing darker than that fucking show. Yeah, I love emotional darkness. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, every episode, every sto- every character storyline, ha- um, something traumatic happens to them. It's I like a soap opera, personally, but yeah. with hope. Um, today is actually Halloween. Halloween! Halloween! Uh, we're contractually obligated to do a Halloween. ghoul's voice. We have no plans for tonight at all. Well, well, Ashley has taken a dog sit, which is going to be interesting because you're going to be in a in a very uh, spooky house by yourself Halloween night with yeah. a dog who's very a, old. Taking a dog sit means I am watching over a dog, and this particular dog is sick, so I can't really leave it for more than like yeah. an hour or two. It's a poor little cutie He's a dog. little cutie baby. He's a good boy. He is. So I'm just going to be sitting with him, hanging out. Um, I'm going to be reading some zombie fic. So you're going to be um, reading zombie fiction yeah. on in a in a like a spooky big place. Yeah, it is a spooky big place that creaks a lot. And you're going to be like all the way, all the way, all the way on the other side of Brooklyn from me. Yeah, I'm going to be in the I'm going to be in the south part of Brooklyn. Nick, you need to come over. I can't. <laughs> I'm just realizing I this can't now. Because come of, stay with me. I can't because of what we're about to talk about, which is last night um, as Ashley and I were preparing to go to the wonderful People's Improv Theater. Um, the pit, the as pit, it's known in known the streets, as the pit on Twenty Fourth Street in Manhattan, the city of New York. Ashley and I were in a um, a sketch review, a sketch show, mm-hmm. um, a very special Halloween sketch show. Yes, uh, it's it was called Christmas Futures. Yes. Um it was written and directed um, and starring um, our great friend Steve O'Brien, such a talented guy. And he- so he wrote a script and he um, gave us those scripts and we learned them and then we were in the sh- we we're going to be in the show and just to let you know before. Before we get into the whole story, he's doing this show two more times at the, I believe, at the People's Improv Theater. There's going to be one towards Thanksgiving and one towards the uh, Christmas Hanukkah season. Um, and the and- idea is that the ghost of Christmas past comes to uh, haunt someone into liking that that holiday that they're in. And that's kind of a through line for a bunch of fun sketches, and it's really cool. And so Ashley, I was yeah. the I was the person, um, Ashley Brooke Roberts was the person who he came at to get and take on this adventure to reteach me the spirit of Halloween. Now you don't really know you don't really need to know any of this shit for what we're about to tell you because what happened was now this is there's a couple of rules about um, your life you should learn. Yeah. Okay. Number one is ju- when you're hungry eat. Uh, it's so important. It, if you don't if you put off eating so many other things are going to go wrong. When you get hungry, don't put it off, just eat something. It really is the basis of a happy healthy life. Um, you got to eat yeah. people. Especially if you're in a relationship. I mean, that's this is actually besides the point because this wasn't really what happened last night, but it has happened in the past where either Ashley or I 
put off eating for a long time. And then like towards the end of the day, like we're realizing like, you know, why am I, why do I want to rip the other person's head off? We're snapping at each other. Uh, and it's because I should have eaten a fucking banana two hours ago. <laughs> and it would be like, as soon as you eat, you're like, oh, I, wait a minute. I'm, I'm a complete asshole and I love this other person. Yeah. Like, why am I being such a jerk right now? I would say 70% of interpersonal relationship fights are because someone's blood sugar has dropped. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even, it doesn't stop for our little Lily the cat. I mean, she, when she's hungry, she starts to bite my feet. I mean, she really does bite Nick's feet. Yeah, it's odd. But uh, so. Doesn't bite my feet. It's weird. It is weird. Um, but I, I take it as affection that uh, me and her are are great, great pals. <laughs> Ashley thinks that Lily bosses me around. And she that Ashley And she doesn't bite Ashley's feet because she looks as, at Ashley as sort of the boss of the house. It's exactly the truth. And me. And she puts. And, and Lily thinks that I'm on her level. You like, guys we're are both. peers. <laughs> <laughs> That's, she'll just like come up and bite Nick's feet and be like, you want to play? She would never bite my feet. Yeah. But instead, she kind of cows to me. Regardless. Regardless, people eat because last night <laughs> what happened was um, Ashley was uh, had a long day. She was coming back home and on her way back home, she said that she was going to go get some food at this nice place around the corner from our apartment. I declined. I was like, I'm hungry, but I don't feel like going over there, whatever. An hour goes by, an hour and a half goes by. I realize like, oh shit, I need to eat something before we go and do this sketch show. It's not really great to perform when you've been hungry and cranky all day. So uh, because we live in Brooklyn and the sketch show is in Manhattan, I told Ashley, even though we're going to the same place, I'm going to leave about 45 minutes before you and maybe get something around there. Chipotle. Uh, there's a Chipotle near the theater, and Chipotle, uh, as shitty and disgusting as it is, and one of my kids at Kids in Comedy got E. coli from it. <gasps> uh um i didn't know that. yeah they're giving e coli to people i i actually forgot that as i was on my way to go to this chipotle <laughs> didn't really make it that far because i was so like wrapped up in my own head and i'm like i gotta eat and then i gotta do this sketch show and i don't really know my lines and it's the day before halloween i just want to eat candy and i'm looking at my phone i'm uh, i got a, a bunch of props with me I got, I'm, I got a big overcoat on it's a little too warm for what i'm wearing um, and so I'm, I hustle, I jump onto the sidewalk. I all of a sudden realize that I have no agency over my legs. Don't know what's going on. I fall flat on my face and my kneecaps <clears throat> on the cold sidewalk. Um, in front of two people who, this is, uh, something that happens in New York city. People like will fall, you'll fall and hurt yourself right in front of a person. And they just kind of look past you and continue their phone conversation. Over, um, in, in August, we were having torrential downpours in New York and I was going down the steps to catch a train and I hit like the third step and the, my feet fell out from underneath me and I landed on my tailbone and slid down like six steps. It was crazy. I had this iced coffee. It exploded all over me. I was wearing all white. I was covered in iced coffee, but I slid down the subway steps on my rear end and a group of women saw me, screamed, and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would have preferred that. I looked up at a guy who was on his phone and he started to speak as soon as I realized like what had happened. And I looked up and he was just looking, kind of looked at me, but then looked past me and was like, yeah, she's meeting me over at the uh, bar. Oh and I'm like, God. dude, I, here, the thing is like, I've seen people fall. 
I'm usually not that close to somebody. If somebody falls right next to me, I I, I, I can't put money on it, but I'm pretty sure that I go, dude, are you all right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to like try and touch somebody because people usually are embarrassed and they just want to no get No one up. wants it to be touched. But, but like, they you do... just want to have somebody be like, yeah, I I've, I recognize you as a human. Right. Like, are you going to, you know. Or, you want to or... be someone say, I see you and that looked painful. Are you okay? Or... Or you're far enough away where you see somebody fall, like, and then what you do is just pretend, and, like, you're far enough away to pretend like you didn't notice it. Right. So, like, that person can be like, oh, shit, I fell, but doesn't look like anybody noticed. Right. I'm just going to get up and go. This was me falling at somebody's feet, them looking at me, and pretending like I was not up, not there. Oh, I'll kill that person. It was very strange. Who did that to you? Um, there was just, there was, was two just guys stranger. there. And I, I didn't know. Two strangers. Um, and so then I, uh, um, I was, didn't realize if I was hurt or anything. I was, I was embarrassed and I was pissed and I got up and, uh, that's when I realized I have, um, I have earbuds, uh, what do you call them? AirPods. AirPods. You know, those are the Bluetooth Apple headphones. Wireless, baby. Wireless. So, um, I, I realized both of them fell out of my head. Like, <laughs> I, and now I'm, now I'm hurt and I'm looking for two tiny little white things. Luckily I found them. Um. Thank God. Cause they're like $500. They're not $500, but they are expensive and you don't want to lose them. Yeah. I've had them for a while. So I found them and uh, that's when I realized I had no shoes on. I had fallen <laughs> out of my shoes. I don't tie this particular pair of sneakers um, and there <laughs> and I had fallen right out of them and I realized what had happened. So this is what I tripped on, folks. Right by the curb, there was a if you guys know what a sandwich board is. Well, the sandwich board was hollowed out. It was just the frame, a metal so, frame. A metal frame. And it was basically there for, it was like a dumb guy trap. So my two feet like went into the frame. Both ankles got caught in the frame and I tripped. So I didn't have either one of my feet to uh. help me. And I fell with all of my weight. And that's a lot of weight, people. <laughs> on my palms and on my chest, but really on my left kneecap. Um, and so I got up and with the adrenaline and everything, I just kind of cursed at the at God. <laughs> and I was like, motherfucking fuck and then i kind of got up and i got found my airpods <laughs> put my shoes back on and then i went uh, i walked home and i was like uh, you gave up on getting the chipotle yeah, yeah. you were like well I because just i was like for a second i was like i have to go like i have to eat but then yeah. i was like i might cry like i, yeah. I can't do that and yeah like, you got the sh- shit knocked out of you I, I i i was like f- so upset and i was like i need i need to see ashley i gotta go home <laughs> and so i kind of like uh hustled home hustled yeah hustled up the stairs walked inside cursed uh in front of <laughs> ashley and the cat a few times <laughs> And then uh, I kind of sat, and Ashley immediately was like, "Are you okay? Is everything okay?" And I kind of told her the uh, thing, but I was like very upset. And like, a- as I'm like trying to like see my knee, I'm like pulling my pants down and everything. I look over, Ashley's face down in the mattress, <laughs> no pillow, no nothing. Like I look, her and Lily are on the mattress, <laughs> facing the same way, away from me. Ashley's body is face down, <laughs> her face buried in the mattress, and I was like. Normally, I'd be like, Ash, what's going on with you? But I was like such in pain and like, I was like, what the fuck is going on in there, man? And I just kind of pretended like it didn't happen. What was going on there, Ash? Well, what had happened was <laughs> when you left, Lily and I got super comfy in bed. I was reading this zombie book. It was just so quiet and peaceful. And it was, we were really having this incredible moment, me and the cat in this quiet, peaceful uh, world we had created. And then you came in and you were a tornado 
show of um, anger, of cuss words. And I didn't really understand what was going on with you because at that point you were just like more mad at who had ever left the sandwich sign out and the people who had seen you fall. So I didn't realize the gravity of the situation. It just felt like you had come in here to yell at me about these people in the world who had somehow like besmirched you. And so I just got overwhelmed and I buried my head in the mattress. But then you calmed down a little bit and I was like, oh, I see what's going on. I Googled situ- the situation. I went and got you an ice pack. I put your foot up. Yeah, you Tell were them nice. how I took you, care of you. You did. You so took it care of you. like I just had <laughs> no, a meltdown. No, you did. You were great. You were great. But it was interesting. It What did seem like a horror movie where like you walk in and your girlfriend's just like back turned staring in the corner or something. You're like, what? Why is she, is she face down in a mattress right now? It was just such like extreme. There was such an extreme change of tone in the room in like a period of about 10 seconds that all I could do was just kind of like reset by yeah. putting my face in the mattress. It was a wild ride. Now, I didn't realize how hurt I was. So I, I eventually uh, get my jeans off and I, uh, I look at my knee and my knee is like, there's no scrape. Like the thing is, I didn't rip my jeans. I didn't cut. I know cuts but i looked at my knee and it was like all bruised Oof, and weird it looking. looked bad it and was red so then ash got me some an ice pack and uh, i kind of held it on there for about 15 minutes then i got up and i realized my knee like was starting to do the thing that it does when it's hurt now i have past history in the knee that i hurt uh where in high school um let's just say i had my own jason street moment Nick. what <laughs> <laughs> i dislocated my kneecap um in high school i was a playing football and no and, one should play football and i broke my other knee um um as well like it was a bad it was all freshman year too i never played again but you so, couldn't have played baseball i did play baseball all the way going up but i wanted to play football because Why? i just thought high school you play football i never played football before anyway anyway it doesn't matter so i uh i have bad but i haven't had like since i dislocated my knee when i was a freshman in high school um, I think I tore my meniscus uh, back then. I never, because I didn't really play sports to an extreme ever again, I didn't have to get any surgeries for it. Like, if I wanted to play football that next season, I probably would have had to have a procedure done. But you but got never, into theater. Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> I got into theater that year, and uh, it was great, and so on and so the forth. The rest I is history. It. Thank you, Miss Filosa. You were uh, my theater teacher. She, I've heard a lot about you, Miss Filosa. She was very uh, formative in, in certain things. But um, so, uh, anyway, I hurt... Uh, uh, that knee got re-hurt last night, and um, uh, ever since I had hurt it in, in high school, it would trick out on me, and it would be swollen for a couple of days, and then it'd be okay. But this, I hadn't done it, probably that hadn't probably happened to me in five, six, maybe even ten years. Like, um, And so I don't, rem- I didn't remember that that was super sensitive, and then once I kind of had my the ice on it and all the blood started rushing places and all that stuff, I realized oh shit, I've, I've kind of reactivated what used to happen in my knee. And it was super swollen. I, I got up there off the bed. About- I couldn't bend it. I was like, oh shit, this is way worse than I had thought. There was a lump on Nick's knee that was bigger than a golf ball oh, man, and weird. smaller than a softball. Oh, it was it- kind of like an, an orange tangerine. You know, like when you're like, oh boy, there's something going on with my knee. And you're like <laughs> trying to like, you have something wrong with you. And you're like trying to like keep all the emotions in check. And you're like, no, everything's gonna be okay. And then you show it to a next person and they're like, oh, oh, oh. Like they like they like burnt like blood starts pouring out of their eyes and you're like oh okay so what I'm dealing with is awful thank you for making me when I showed it I was like oh I think my 
my knees might be a little swollen, Ash. Why don't you just take a look at my knee? And you're like, um, I was like, put your hand here and then put your hand here. And I like put her on the good knee and she's like, okay. And I put it on the bad knee. And Ashley was like, her literally her eyes like started welling up and she like started squealing. And I'm like, oh man, this is really bad. Um, and I'm like, well, in a normal situation, I would just ice my knee and whatever. But I had to perform in a sketch show in like 45 <laughs> minutes. Uh, a sketch show where you were moving around I, a lot. I played in. 11 characters. <laughs> Everyone had a knee-based move I had to do. It was like there was a part where I had to fall on my knees. There was a part like I couldn't bend my knee. Every character had to sit and stand. I, it was a lot to take on. And I was like, oh, fuck, I, I can't do this. So I was like, I will call Steve, the guy who was putting the show on, and I'll see what he said. And I called him up, and he was just like, oh, man, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, could you still come? Because I got nobody at this point. It was basically it, and not his fault. And I was like, yeah, I'm wasting time. We got to get in the car. So Ashley and I kind of piled in the car. We got to the theater, and we put on the show. It's just all my characters had this strange limpy walk <laughs> I had to do. I, I had to play a roadie in one part, and I just kind of added in. It, that was my main character. So I was just like, he's a roadie that kind of walks like a weeble wobble. Like That was sort of my thing. I kind of played into it. I think you actually both, you did a great job of handling it. And, um, you know, you, you and Steve made some changes uh, right before show where you didn't have to do any dancing or sitting, and it worked out pretty well. I was actually very impressed that you were able to to rally and do that yeah it was a wild ride that show I, I have not had an experience like that on uh one time i got punched in the eye and then the next day i had to perform stand-up comedy with like a crazy <laughs> black eye that was like probably the the closest i've ever come to anything like this but nothing nothing as as crazy well suffice it to say we had a lot of fun and um i want to go ahead and plug steve o'brien's movie that he showed he showed a little short film yeah he, um, he makes short films um they're so good they're so good they're 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 funny but they're also kind of like you know they're like classic horror tales and and um really great stuff and he premiered one at the show last night and you can find it if you go to xmas futures that's x-m-a-s futures.com um it is on the website there and you can also find a link to xmas.com xmasfutures.com on steve's um instagram which is called the steve o'brien 2 uh t-h-e-s-t-e-v-e-o-b-r-i-e-n to go check out his film it was at the bottom of the um the the main page for the website it's called the laundromat that never sleeps yeah it's really great stuff um also starring katie hannigan and charles gould uh, yeah. very funny uh, comedians two comics um, we adore yeah um so guys we're gonna take a break here and we're gonna come back and we are gonna talk about how we binged season three of halloween wars guys see you in a sec halla halla we We are back. Um, folks, uh, the other day, Ashley and I were like, oh, man, we got to watch some Halloween stuff for the Halloween episode. And so we watched all that stuff that we talked about on Monday. And then we also put on another episode of something called Halloween Wars. And we started with season three because I think we watched it off of Hulu, which has Huluween going on right now, which is very helpful. How do we get Hulu to sponsor this pod? I don't know. But Hulu's <laughs> the best. People do not talk about Hulu like Netflix. And they, I think it's because they don't have that many new episodes of things. It's old episodes of things. So you have to be like a binge watcher. But I don't know. They made... put up a new episode of The Good Place every yes, week. Yes, they after. do. I think maybe I think maybe NBC might have a deal with that. Because uh. I think it was started as an NBC company because I remember 
remember them having always new stuff of, and it kind of changed, but who cares? Uh, regardless, we watched season three of Halloween Wars. We threw on one. We really enjoyed it. We're like, let's watch the second. Kind of liked it. Then we're like, are we going to record the podcast tonight or in the morning? We're like, I guess in the morning. And then I looked. I was like, there's only four episodes of this show. So They're 40 minutes each. Though. Yeah. I was like, let's just watch the rest. So we watched the rest. So we actually crushed all four episodes of season three. I'd like to say that, you know, here on Reality Blows, we watch a ton of reality television. And I would say most of the time we watch an episode of a show. And then we go, eh. It's fine, but let's go back to our faves. Uh, every so often we strike gold and then we binge the whole season. And that's what happened with this show. It got us. It hooked us because it had the elements um, that are really necessary to bring you into a reality television cooking show, which is that it had unstable personalities. It had snarky hosts that weren't too snarky. Okay, You can't have a host who's trying to steal the spotlight, but you do need a host that will deliver the truth. And it had um, an element that I really like in sort of cooking shows or any competition shows, which is a level of craftsmanship. It wasn't just about cooking, okay? I have a hard time with these shows, cooking shows, when it's all flavor-based because I can't taste it. So when they're like, I like how you combine these flavors, I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. What I like is presentation, okay? That's why when The Great British Bake Off is on, my favorite episodes of that show are when they're doing the big presentational designs when they want them to think abstractly those are my favorite apps I'm not I don't care about flavor so this show in particular it was a cooking show but it was more about visual elements it was more about craftsmanship when it came down to how the overall piece looked agreed <laughs> <laughs> um all right so what we're gonna do here is sort of talk about um Talk about what the elements uh, were that separated this from your basic competition cooking or baking show. Ash, do you want to explain why this made it a little, why it was a little different? All right, I'll take it. Um, I'm only saying that because you're the one <laughs> we were talking about it in the break. You're like, oh, I want to explain why. Uh... Well, I think I feel like I just did because I was saying that it was. <laughs> oh, like, okay. All it right. was not flavor based. It was all about the craftsmanship of the visual elements, and that is different than most cooking shows, which where they they talk about combinations of flavors. Okay, I did not realize that that's what you were talking about, and I apologize for setting you up for something <laughs> that you had literally just. <laughs> said um all right well then that that goes from that that's the show guys and we'll uh so this what i enjoyed about this and it's pretty basic pretty cut and dry folks um it's a competition baking show which i already like i mean we've talked about the great british baking show slash off a bunch of times on this show since we've started i like a baking show i like when they're dealing with sweets i like baking shows way more than i like cooking competitions It just gets me hungry. I got a sweet tooth. I like looking at candies and cakes and all that stuff. So it's got that element. But it's got the other other element that I love, which is spooky shit. I love dark, scary, spooky shit. So anytime you can um, have like a Halloween theme on top of uh, something that I already like, it's going to make that thing for me a lot better. I think I talked about it on Monday. Anytime that there was like a sitcom that had a Halloween episode, it was like I was looking forward to that sitcom Oh, very so much. much. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. No. You know what? This reminds me of um, that craft show that we watched with Amy Poehler. Um, what was that called? The Great American Craft Show? Yeah. 
<laughs> or whatever. They did one of their episodes was holidays, and then the Halloween. Oh, it was, like, it was called Making It. Making It, yeah. yes. Um, or whatever. I guess you didn't <laughs> like that show. I because I was thinking about it. I liked Halloween Wars so much more than I liked that show. Yeah. Um, Me too, actually. But they did a holiday episode where you would design the front uh, the front porch of a house. Yeah, this was cool. And the Halloween one was incredible, which was like a, he did like a spooky forest. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, the best haunted house you'd ever want to see in yeah. like a neighborhood. Oh, this is interesting. Did you have a, a house in your neighborhood that was um, like that would do like a DIY Halloween, like a um uh, what do you call this? I just said it. No, I lived in an apartment complex. <laughs> so no one was doing a DIY haunted house in their uh, apartment. I, I understand that. But I also have been to the neighborhood that you grew up in. Are you talking about living in uh, near uh, in Carborough? No, I'm talking about my formative. I'm talking about the years when I was a child who would trick or treat. So like up into 12, which was mostly in Wilmington, North Carolina. And there was nobody around in Wilmington. I, t- I highly doubt that that um, hippie ass area did not have a uh, haunted house DIY. Well, there was one in my neighborhood and I, I didn't live in, I didn't live in the Ritz Carlton. God damn it. Uh, I lived in a normal suburban New Jersey neighborhood. And uh, there was just some guy who would have like a haunted house um, that he would just basically make the backyard and his little garage, like a little walkthrough. And then like, did this guy have kids? I don't remember. Oh I, man. I, if he, listen, it wasn't like, in my neighborhood, it was very much um, family. Like, no, it was like house, like a three foot of uh, space, house, three foot of space. So it's not like anybody could sneak around. Right. And it was on like the main road, and the entire neighborhood slash that half of the town would go and hang out there, like in the week before Halloween and like the couple days after. You would go by, and like people would just hang out in front. It was packed all the time, so no one was doing anything crazy. But it was really awesome because at the end of it, at least for a few years. Uh, you would go through the thing and then the guy who owned the house would chase you out of the garage like dressed up as like a chainsaw massacre guy as like Leatherface and like had like a chainsaw that didn't have the chain on it so it would still make the noise which is the best and when you found out that you could take the chain off of the thing that's like horror that's like haunted house 101 you can you feel like you're being chased by a guy with a with a fucking chainsaw and he would chase you out and you'd run out into the street and it'd be great okay that is triggering a memory which is in uh so we didn't have I, i never went to someone's house like that but what would happen in north carolina is someone would make a crazy construction in the woods and so you would go you would walk through the woods and there'd be people hiding behind trees and then you'd go through this little part that someone had built like a shack and then that would be terrifying and my senior year of high school i remember that happening and then the guy chased us out with the chainsaw same scenario mask uh without a chain but i tripped and fell and i was on the ground and he was standing over me and i was screaming as hard as i've ever screamed and one of my friends had to come up and scoop me up by the armpits and we ran out of there and i've never been so scared in my (laughs) life i mean like screaming like a bloody murder was it fun yeah, it was incredibly fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually worked a haunted house once. Oh. Uh, a family friend who was also a construction guy, uh, <laughs> construction worker. Shout out to Tony. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, yeah, a guy named Tony works in construction. Yeah. Um, so he would put on a very elaborate haunted house. Like they would rent out like a, like an old like um, 
like a floral plate, like a florist that had like a big like back like yeah. um, greenhouse. Ooh. And so they would rent, they would do this haunted house. And a few years in a row, I played like a zombie in it or like a ghoulish thing as a kid. So I would actually, I was actually on the other side of it. Oh, that's fun. Um, I'll tell you, I was scared. Really? Yeah, because I was like, everybody, here's the thing. Like I was like 14 years old and I realized like everybody is either on high alert like if you run up and scare them, they're like, oh, fuck you. And they like, you know, they like <laughs> go to like punch you because they're like scared and you're like basically attacking them. <laughs> or it's just like a bunch of guys like dads with their kids or guys with their girlfriends who are like, I see that guy moving. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. calling out all the haunted house stuff. Like I could tell there's a guy behind the thing yeah. with a mask on. Like you're not doing a good job, guy. Like trying to like. Uh, that's like the other way that you kind of conquer that fear is by call out like the cracks of yeah. it. So um, yeah, it wasn't as much fun as I wanted to. It's more fun to be in, to be going through it. But it was uh, I didn't remember that till now. It was a good time. But nonetheless, Halloween Wars. Um, so there was like what four teams? Six I would say teams? Five or six maybe. Um, maybe and, five teams. And they were comprised of three people that each had um, a specialty skill they were bringing to their team. There was the the sugar sculptors. So these people were making incredible sculptures out of hot sugar. It looked like glass. It was beautiful. And then you had your baker who um, was pretty much a cake person so they would create these elaborate type cakes. And then you had a pumpkin carver. And these are like top of the top of the game pumpkin carvers who were coming in and doing very incredible um very detail rich pumpkin sculptures sort of almost like an ice sculpture person yeah it was elaborate i mean people were not carving jack-o'-lanterns no they were like carving like jack nicholson's head yeah like you know and, it was and, amazing and, and also these these pumpkin carvers had a lot of work to do so I mean, much because everything that they did had to have an element of sugar an element of pumpkin and an element of cake right yeah. i mean mm-hmm. that's basically what it was um and there was one leader who for, seemed to be the baker the baker seemed to be kind of the head of the trio yeah um, so really quick i'll just go through the names each each of the teams had a on Halloween name. Mm-hmm. And so the first name uh, was the Twisted Trio. Yeah. How, what do you think about the Twisted? What do you think about Team the name? Twisted Trio. What do you think about the name? Because these people don't know about the people. So it's, what about the name? It's fine. It's not my favorite name. Black Magic. Okay. Team Black Magic. Okay. More Halloween-y. More Halloween-y. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. Ske- I also called this team Team Glasses because they all had glasses. They all had glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Skeleton Crew. Okay. That might be my favorite name so far. Me too. But I did call this these guys like uh, I, I kind of found them to be like Team... Um, they were kind of whiny. They were bit. like team three dudes, yeah, as I think I kept calling sure. them. They were the one team without a girl on them. Then there's the psychotic misfits. Ooh, much a really good, good, good Halloween name. I hate that name. Oh, hate really? Psychotic misfits. Ooh, hate it. Don't I liked like it. it I liked it. I find that to be like the new metal of names. Now, and I will say the psychotic misfits were the most psychotic of the team. This team brought the drama. Yeah, I called this team the Bonehead Squad for a while <laughs> because they were just helmed by two bonehead guys who were at odds with each other the power struggle throughout the guy who was the baker on the psychotic misfits was such a controlling little twerp (laughs) like and he was just whining about the the pumpkin carvers guy guy and about how he's like and then later in the season the pumpkin carver guy got on the uh baker guy's case for like uh doing a shoddy paint job on yeah. one of his creations. He's just like, lay off my thing, man. You can't paint. Yeah. And I would say these these two guys went back and forth, and there was just like a nice, quiet woman in yeah, the background. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, then there was the Crypt Creepers. Oh, that's a good name. Well, why, I don't understand. So here's what I don't get about the name the Crypt Creepers, right? Yeah. It's not like Crypt Keepers was a non-Halloween situation, a non-scary situation, and they threw, uh, they changed Keepers to Creepers to make it Halloween. Crypt Keepers is a scary thing. It's yeah. the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. So adding Crypt Creepers, it's like, it's actually like you should have just been the crypt keepers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't, you're putting a hat on a hat. You know what I mean? It's already a scary thing. And now you're scarifying it. This is what I like to call a shadow pun. It's when um, someone is trying to make it look like they've created a pun and everyone just accepts it as a pun, but it's still just a shadow of a pun. Is that real? A shadow pun? Did I you mean, that's it? what I call it. What? It, where did you have to come up with that? Term? I just find I see it a lot in comedy. It's interesting. With yes. kids in comedy, with teaching kids. Um, uh, yeah. comedy a lot of times these kids come in they just want to do puns but a lot of time it's not a pun it just sounds like a pun yeah so those were the teams right and then uh, you have your host who was, thought he was very funny this host he had of gags and a bunch of stuff his name was justin willman i ever... thought he was pretty good he was all right he was, he was a good right. host he wasn't too he wasn't taking up the spotlight he delivered the information mm-hmm. and um he I, I just i thought he did a good job I've seen a lot of bad hosts on the Food That's Network, true. and Justin Willman did a good job. He was a tiny man, but he was that is tiny. not. I shouldn't say that; it's not important. So uh, then there was three judges. Two stayed for every episode, and there was a celebrity judge. Mm-hmm. So the two that stayed for every episode was Shin Min Lee, yeah, who is an accomplished pastry chef specializing in handcrafted cakes. I really appreciated her feedback. I liked her feedback on good. the cake. She was incredibly tough. Yeah. She was the tough judge. Yeah. Um, then there was Brian Kinney, yeah. who was a makeup artist known for creating uh, ghoulishly good uh, set pieces and stuff. So uh, he, what do you remember the shows that he or the movies that he worked on? Oh man, he worked on so many. He things. worked on like Insidious, like big, yes, some uh, some stuff like that, maybe blockbuster uh, horror uh, films or The Conjuring. I, yeah. I can't remember. Basically, though, I found his feedback great because he was very um, concerned with the element of narrative in the pieces. So he would be like, "Okay, you've created a scary monster, but it's not threatening. Its body language isn't threatening. You should have it reaching out towards us. You should have an element of emotion implied in this. And I was like, every time he said that, I'd be like, oh, you're 100% right. That would have like upped this piece uh, 100 times. Yeah. So then they had celebrity judges each episode, the first one being Danielle Harris. Uh, it says here, best known for roles in the Halloween movie series. Now, yeah. when you say something, so when you have like so many like little add-on words, like best known for role in the Halloween movie series, it means like you probably don't know her very much because she was in a couple of the later sequels. I think I remember her from the second or third one playing maybe the main character um, a non-Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween, which yeah. the new Halloween has sort of decided that all those things are bullshit, the one that just came out last week. And now, it, yeah. yeah, I'd like to just say that um, all of the celebrity guest hosts were either actors or uh, writers from uh, the horror franchise. Yeah. And I would say some of them had a lot to prove in terms of their own self-worth. And some of them were just awesome additions to this show. Later, as the season progresses, we got the guy from Candyman. Yes. And he was... Tony Todd. He 
I found his addition to the show. He was just he he felt like he belonged there. He was cool as a cucumber. Um, Daniel Daniela felt a little sweaty. She felt like she had something to prove. As as my, in my experience as an actress, uh, I felt like she was saying a lot. And so I, you know, she was probably my least favorite, unfortunately. So uh, as mentioned before by Ash, Tony Todd, um, the uh, titular character in the Candyman. Um, he was awesome. I was uh, like, give this guy a show. He should ha- be hosting some sort of Halloween bake off. And I'm sure he does. You know what I mean? I think if you, if you want on Tony Todd's IMDB, I bet you it's, there's a thousand credits. Cause he was also mentioning like anytime they would have a competition and be like this one, you have to create a crazy wolf. Yeah. And it, like his uh, stuff would be like, I actually played a crazy wolf in like in <laughs> crazy wolf, uh, crazy slasher wolf man. Um, I was Crazy Wolf, and it was like, this one you have to play like uh, the ghoulish piranha. Pl- do, and he's like, I was a ghoulish piranha. And, like, he, yeah. He's been in all of this stuff. Because Zombie prom. He's a tall, kind of uh, nefarious-looking guy. Like, his eyebrows. He can, like, the waves in his eyebrows are insane. And I uh, bet he's a classically cl- classically trained Shakespearean actor. He does. Though his uh, dictation and the yeah. way that he can sort of speak and project, it does seem like he speaks on stage a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but awesome. First of all, I'm a horror movie fan, and I've watched Candyman so many times. And uh, to see that they actually got Candyman here, I, in my opinion, he should have been the last one out. Um, this was a big win for the show. Yeah, I think they thought they had a big win at the very end, which we'll get to. But uh, did you ever see Candyman? Yeah, you had me watch it. Did I watched watch it, it with okay. you in my old Greenpoint apartment. Right, okay, cool. So Candyman. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. Candyman is also like uh, a great, is great, like sort of uh, class. Uh, um, uh, commentary because it was oh. like it was um they were knocking down the, the right the project projects to put up luxury apartment homes and they, yeah. there was like two project houses and one had already been transformed and the other one hadn't yet and so it was the back and forth between them sort of looking at one another the candy man um one of the only african-american horror villains yeah uh, of note um and so good uh, he comes out and he um, is sort of, it's basically Bloody Mary, where you say, you turn the lights off, you look in the mirror, you say Candyman three times and he shows up. Um, and uh, a little fun fact about that, there's a scene in which um, the main characters have bees in their mouth. Um, I mean, real bees, like Oof. like hundreds. It's really upsetting to watch. And it's the, scary. And the main character had it in her contract that she's like, I'll put these bees in my mouth, but every bee sting I get, you have to pay me another $25,000. Dang. And I think she got stung like 20 times wow uh, or something it was crazy but she made a mint off of being stung by that many bees oh my Um, god i didn't know that so next up for the special guest uh judge is charlene harris yeah um who is uh what is it? The uh, Sookie Stackhouse novels, yeah, mm-hmm. which I believe were turn- turned in. She wrote them, and I believe they were turned into what is True Blood. Uh, so yeah. she's, uh, you know, spooky lady herself. I like Charlene herself. Yes, she was Charlene. Um, I liked her. She reminded me of my grandma a little bit. Yeah, she yeah, definitely she got has a sweet kind of little like southern, southern lady. grandma vibes. Now was... in the south, yeah. we have vampires that suck your blood. <laughs> yeah, um, and then for the finale, who was actually very good. Yeah, um, I he liked was great. Him as a ju- I liked him as a judge, and I can tell why he's kind of scary. Um, was Derek Mears who plays Jason in the updated Friday the 13th movies, yeah. like the reboot that came out maybe two or three years ago, which I'm not too sure many people saw. Um, so he was, I mean, they got Jason. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, you're not going to get the ori- original Jason Voorhees 
that guy's probably dead and was also probably played by 15 different guys over right. the years. But um, this guy looks like friggin' Jason. This I mean, he spooky. really. He was spooky. He's like six foot tall. A uh, six foot tall, like that super tall. <laughs> he's like seven foot tall, um, bald guy. Doesn't look like he has a hair on his body, actually. I don't know what's going He's on. He's a there. hairless man. Um, um, just kind of a scary looking dude. Um, and honestly was a good judge. I enjoyed him as he a judge. He was a great judge, yeah. Now, uh, uh, as this competition went on, it was very exciting to see these teams get very stressed out. It does seem like this was a thing that they filmed all four episodes in maybe four days. Yeah. You know, it was Some like- of the challenges, each chat, so they would do like two challenges every episode, and one of the challenges they had four hours to do. It was usually the second challenge. And so that makes me think it, they had to have done those, you know, once a day or once every other day. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have filmed these all in a day, like uh, some cooking shows do. Uh, weirdly enough, um, a the Bonehead Squad, who was like boneheady the entire season, this was a show that that it was kind of like football. Any given Sunday. You know what I mean? It was like anybody could win. Some people came out and you thought that this team was going to make it to the end. And then they got cut in they like got, the second or third app. Because just because first episode you 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 win and you're a dynamite team and everybody loves you. If you screw up in the second episode, no one's going, going back and going... They screwed up a little in this uh, competition, but yesterday they were so good, so it we should keep them around. It was just like they blew it today. It wasn't a cumulative score. Yeah, it was just like yeah, every day you had to be on your best, but really you were playing not to lose up until yeah. the end. And what happened was the Bonehead Squad. I can't. We're talking about the Psychotic Misfits. The Psychotic Misfits. I mean, they argued their way all the way up into the finals. They made it to the finals. We could not, and that is one of the reasons why this season um, was so good because you watch this team that was i would say bad <laughs> in the beginning yeah you saw them get to the finals as a very dysfunctional and sort of lackluster team at times sometimes they had really cool stuff sometimes you were like what is that get this out. get these guys out of here yeah but to their credit they were very entertaining so maybe that's yes. why they kept them around yes and then it came down the other team in the finals were i think it was black magic yeah it was the glasses crew glasses crew now the glasses crew all the way from the beginning seemed like favorites and that's mostly because uh uh, initially, it seemed like it was because the guy who was doing the sugar was like incredible. Now he's like a professional. He makes like window displays for Macy's out of sugar. I mean, he put he made some horns on like the first devil thing that he made, and it was just like, Insane. oh, they're, they're gonna win. These horns yeah. are incredible. They're like beautiful horns. Mm-hmm. Like what he was, he was in. Uh, there were a few times in this show where he was. Uh, where one time where he 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 like made these incredible like uh, sugar glass sculptures and then knocked them all down. Oh, they were flames. It was so it was tough so, to watch. The flames were beautiful, but this man was an artist with a capital A. Yeah, he for was sure. ama- he was amazing. And then the Carver guy on that team was like a guy who uh, he was like he was like I just kind of want to get the biggest and the best. But like he was like doing everything by hand. He wasn't using any like of the power tools because. He was very dedicated to carving pumpkins. And the pumpkins that every episode he would choose to because that was a big part of the episode yeah like they'd have to go pick out their pumpkins which i had no idea um picking the right pumpkin mattered so much learned so much about pumpkins here (laughs) the fact that there are soft pumpkins like and there are parts of the pumpkins that you need to kind of you can't really carve because they're too soft or Mm -hmm. like when you open a pumpkin up you can tell like i got a good one because of of the rind rind and all that stuff and so this guy knew how to pick a pumpkin but he was picking like gigantic fucking pumpkins and like taking three hours to carve these things up the last 
best pumpkin in the final that he created was one of is hands down the best pumpkin carving I have ever seen. It was crazy. He carved like six different faces out of like the biggest pumpkin you've ever seen. Yeah. Are we just going to give away what the. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're going to watch. You guys should watch this show and it doesn't really matter. And if you don't want to find out who wins, then end right now because I came down to the psychotic misfits and the black magic. So end here and then come back uh, with 45 seconds left of this podcast <laughs> and listen to our plugs um so uh, spoiler alert uh, black magic wins this thing and they created a boogeyman that was so terrifying because it had eaten these people it comes in the night it steals souls and so this huge pumpkin like three tons it was the biggest pumpkin i've ever seen he had carved all of these pained faces coming out of the pumpkin it was this, incredible this sort of um this stew of souls desperately trying to escape the belly of the boogeyman and it was so well done it was like these people have to win but also on their team was the cake master yeah so the cake master but honestly she was an art she was an artiste she as it went through i started to pick up on that the the woman who was sort of making sculptures for these creatures um and baking the cakes and painting them, she was to me the it factor on this team. Yeah, she was like a special effects makeup oh, artist. She was making shit that was legitimately scary. Like yeah. most of the teams were like, "Oh, that looks real. That's a really cool pumpkin cake." Like, "Oh, that's really good." She was making witches and mm-hmm. ghouls and her it, lake monster, oh, her it, swamp thing. It was stuff where I'm like. This looks like you could just take this stupid cake and put it in like the background of a movie and yeah. it would just look good on the set. She was creating legitimately scary monster faces. Yeah. Um, and uh, honestly, the thing that they made at the very end could have been the main character to a, a movie series called The Boogeyman. 100%. Because it was holy shit did it look real and and intense and it was also like seven feet tall and it was like incredible it was amazing i mean she was doing stuff she made us witch where i'm like oh this is like all this is like special effects movie it looked yeah the swamp thing she made looked like a mask that if you put on a human being i couldn't sleep for weeks it was crazy it was crazy she was unbelievable and anytime that they didn't win like once i started seeing her like hit her stride i was like that's a misstep she's making inc- like people that's the problem with these shows and it's fine this is what it's about but then like there has even though they're making incredible things like there has to be a critique yeah and so they'll pick out a critique and they're like oh, i don't know the shading here could use more detail and it's like what are you fucking crazy this is incredible <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, so that was the show. That was the show. So we good. recommend it. Um, and we, we might watch other seasons of it just I might, because it was fun. Because I'm laid up today and uh, all that stuff. <laughs> Rest I'm, in the knee. Um, once, I, once I polish off 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days season one, I may go back to maybe season four of... Uh, you know, I got to do some sort of Halloween stuff today. You know, Ash, I know later I'm going to be hobbling my ass over to the supermarket buying myself some Hershey's miniatures. I know I'll be doing that. I uh, can't go to the gym. Can't do much, but I, I am going to have to watch some scary stuff. And you guys at home, I know you have big Halloween plans to uh, listen to our challenge recap that's coming out in a couple of hours. Get ready for that. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed this episode. We're going to be talking about it. And as always, please go ahead and rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Reality Blows Pod. Write us at realityblowspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley B. Roberts. That's Ashley B. 
as in Brooke Roberts. And you can find Nick on Instagram at Nick Maritato, M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. As always, may the Food Network be spooky for you. And give me some of that candy. Bye.